Sustainable California. Connect, engage, and get involved. Here, where nature, people, and science create solutions. UCTV.TV slash sustainable dash cal. Crop residues are an inevitable feature of agriculture. Because no harvest removes all material from the field, the remaining plant matter or residue accumulates. Managing residues to essentially make them disappear is the norm in California production fields because of concerns about crop pathogens and the need for clean planting beds that make the seeding and establishment of subsequent crops easier and efficient. Residue management practices in California are also influenced by tradition and until recently have not changed significantly over the past 70 years. The crop residue used to be viewed as trash. It's not really trash, it's a resource to be used and converted into a resource which helps increase your soil organic matter, which helps to uh, increase your soil moisture or retain the soil moisture that you have. I started having resistance to herbicides and I had weeds that I couldn't control. And what I noticed was the hard soils were caused by me not managing my residue properly. And I, I didn't value my residue. We ate it all up with a sheep or a cow, or we put it in a bale and hauled it away. And that residue is what I needed to protect my soil. When I started to think about my soil first, instead of thinking about my crop first or my cows first, that's when the real change happened on my land. My name is Gary Martin. We're just outside of Mendota, California. This ranch has history of rice, some grains, but once they started growing cotton, did a lot of cotton. In conventional tillage, you would have turned all this ground over with your discs and buried your trash, and then when you pull up the new beds, uh, the trash really doesn't come to the surface. But we never bury completely because we're just pulling light amounts of dirt up to make the bed over again. So you end up with the residue from last year's crop. You get places on it where the knife had cut the stalk and then you get the root pulled out of the ground. All the sweeps, all the harrows that are involved in planting the new crop, they tend to sift that trash out and bring it up to the top of the bed. But we have never had a problem with them affecting the plants growing, the cultivators, once the plants get some size, it's just something you have to learn to live with. Dwayne Beck of the Dakota Lakes Research Farm in Pierre, South Dakota, has been working with farmers in this region on high-residue no-till systems for years, and they've seen a number of benefits of these conservation agriculture practices. When we started, we wanted to get the water going in the ground. The residues help in protecting the macropores so the water will go in the soil and it keeps the soil cool when the weather's hot so the microbes can work well and really have healthy root systems. It protects that soil from raindrop splash and erosion. So we want to have the ground fully covered at all times. The amount of residue retained in a cropping system has been used as a diagnostic or defining characteristic of conservation tillage systems by the NRCS because having at least 30% of the soil surface covered by residue has been shown to greatly mitigate soil erosion losses. So for a farmer to be able to uh, measure his own crop residue, we use a knotted rope that is 100 feet long. And as you can see at every uh, foot, or about every foot, there's a, a knotted uh, a knot. And uh, when you find a piece of crop residue underneath each piece of knotted uh, uh, section of rope, 
then that counts as a percent uh, residue. Stick that into the soil and bring it all the way out. What you can see is that there is a piece of crop residue almost under each piece of uh, knotted segment of rope. This is a no-till field and you're going to have a high percentage of residue uh, covering the crop soil in this, in this scenario. Residue for me is, is very important. I mean, it can, be, it can be the biggest pain in the backside and it can be your savior. Um, the most important thing with your residue is it starts when you harvest your crop. You almost have to spend as much time with the residue distribution as you do with adjusting your harvester. My neighbors who perform regular tillage, they oftentimes have to replant their crop or their crop goes into horrible moisture stress. And this residue I have on my soil surface, I've never had to replant a crop, and on a rare occasion we've had some moisture stress, but I'm always protected. It's, it's my insurance policy. The use of residue-preserving cover crops coupled with no-till or minimum till has become a method many farmers and researchers are now practicing. What we've seen here in these studies is benefits of having these kinds of residues, particularly a high residue situation here in reducing soil water evaporation. We've actually deliberately generated more residues in this system. The soil surface looks quite a bit different and you can see uh, the aggregation of the soils, you can see evidence of holes where earthworms have been creating pores as they burrow down into the soil here. So these are some of the indicators that suggest that there may be improvements in soil quality as a result of these high residue systems here. The evapotranspiration demand in a summer crop like tomatoes or cotton in this area is about 30 inches of water. And we can reduce that irrigation requirement by about four inches by having no-till systems coupled with high residue production. So four inches of water is about a 13% saving just by having the residues out here. I call some of what we do catch and release nutrients. Now what percentage of the year does this corn catching carbon that comes by? Well, it's only very few months. And there's carbon here 12 months of the year. That's our, our energy source. So I should be capturing the carbon and putting it into the soil at all times. So that's what we're trying to do with the cover crops. The adoption of these systems hangs on, you could call it peer pressure, and that peer pressure is food consumers. And food consumers are increasingly asking that their food be grown more sustainably, uh, having less uh, impact on the environment. And conservation agriculture is one of those methods that can do that. Now you have best of both worlds, where you increase productivity of the system, but also improve your bottom line. And it also helps the environment. No, I think to get started, first thing you need to do is have your brain transplanted. What that means is you need to think differently about things, like tillage isn't an option. And as soon as you get it in your mind that a tillage and taking the residues off and those kind of things just are not a good thing, that's a bad thing. And it doesn't look good when it's black. Then the rest of it's relatively easy because farmers are good observers and they're good at figuring out how to make a plan happy. You've got to get out there and just get in the front and do it and a lot of times you don't run into the problems you think you're going to have it might be something different but it's actually been a heck of a lot easier than I thought it was going to be when I started. Additional information about the value of residues in conservation agriculture systems is available on the Conservation Agriculture Systems Innovation website.